Bienvenidos a Crónicas de la Raza. Welcome to La Raza Chronicles. With rates of COVID infection at an all-time high among our black and brown communities, we continue to honor black, indigenous, and Latinx supermarket workers, farm workers, bus drivers, teachers, nurses, construction workers, and countless of others that keep this country running. Next time you have a meal, take public transit, or in your neighborhoods, think about those who are keeping this country afloat with their labor. We see you and we appreciate you. On tonight's program, we feature children's literature as a powerful opportunity to imagine a new world together. Julieta Kuznir speaks with author and professor Dr. Oriel Maria Siu about her new children's book, Rebeldita La Alegre. Greg Landau interviews renowned local pianist Marco Diaz about his deep study of Afro-Caribbean rhythms and also his perspective as a native San Franciscan. Bay Area's own La Brigada de la Cumbia drops their Bay Area premiere of their new single, Cumbia del West Coast, and also new music by Colombian musicians Son Palenque. La Raza Chronicles is produced by Nina Serrano, Julieta Kuznir, Greg Landau, and myself, Brenda Yescas. First, we go to Julieta Kuznir, who speaks with Dr. Oriel Maria Siu from her native Honduras about her newly released children's book. Stay tuned. I'm so happy to have on the line with me, super far away, uh, we, our international call, we're going to talk to author, professor, and mother, Oriel Maria Su, Dr. Oriel Maria Su, and I'm so happy to have you on. Muchísimas gracias por estar con nosotros. Cuéntanos de dónde estás exactamente, descríbenos lo que ves, tell us a little bit about where you are. Uh, thank you so much, Julieta. Thank you very, very much uh, for allowing me this space. ¿Dónde estoy ahorita? Estoy en el lugar que me vio crecer. Estoy frente a las montañas del Merendón. Enfrente de mí hay muchos árboles y muchos pajaritos. Aquí en San Pedro Sula, Honduras. So, uh, where I moved. I moved a month ago, actually, in the middle of a pandemic, if you can believe that. Um, but this was something I had planned for over a year, and so it had to happen. I needed to come back home after 24 years of living in the United States. I needed to come back to write and to show my daughter another way to life. That's the voice mm -hmm. of Dr. Oriel Maria Sue. She is talking to us today. She's kind of wearing a different hat, which is a beautiful hat. It's her hat of author of a beautiful children's book that is a gorgeous production that was between her and her sister. I'm speaking of Rebeldía La Alegre en El País de los Ogros. So um, we're going to first off, I know that this this is just a, if people could see this cover, you know, they'd already want to open it up and devour this beautiful story. But first off, let's just take a step back and I want you to tell me the story that produced this beautiful book. Oh, thank you. Yes, uh, it's Rebeldita La Alegre en el País de los Ogros. So what happened was there are two big things that happened in my life that motivate me and um, require that I begin to think of this character, Rebeldita. And one of them is the deportation uh, of, my nie of my niece's father. This happened under Obama, as you can remember. 
under the Obama years, he is the one who began to massively separate millions of families. He, he deported more than 2.2 million people from the United States, and one of those people was my cuñado, no, the father of my niece, Ayotli. This happened around 2000 and let me think, 2010, 2011. I can't quite pin the, the exact year. Um, but looking at my niece having to go through the experience at only one and a half years of age, um, having to go see her father at one of these detention centers in Sacramento for a period of six months, right? So you know how Obama began detaining people for way longer periods, um, starting three months, four months. Well, uh, her father was detained for six months and my sister wanted uh, my niece to go see her father. And uh, it was uh, very, very painful to see that interaction through a glass, a very thick glass, having my niece to try and make contact with her father for six months. It was really difficult for her to the point that after he was deported, um, she kept in her dreams, in her sleep, she kept putting her little hand up, attempting to, to make contact with her father um, after he was gone uh, while he was sleeping. And so, of course, as a professor of Latino studies and ethnic studies, um, you know, we've also been examining and speaking against um, the harmful and the pain, the pain that millions of children are going through because of family separation and you know, this necessity that I had to put out the story of how children are affected, but also how children, how we can empower children to not feel powerless, right? Um, in these times of family separations and deportations is one big motivation that moved me to create the story. Um, the other one was when I became a mother. I became a mother almost seven years ago, and, um, and I started going to libraries, of course, and I had this huge problem, and the huge, huge problem was that every time I went to the library, I could not find books in Spanish with social justice content for me to be able to read to my daughter. Books that I would be able to say, yes, heck yes, this is the book I want to read to you. Let's go read it. You know, I would stand there in front of the aisles of the Spanish sections and, and you know, bring one down and start reading. I say, no, 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 no. You know, all these princesses, and, you know, uh, characters of princes and princesses and uh, reyes y reinas, you know, all the European imaginaries that's, it's so mythified. It's, you know, the, the stories that we get of, um, from that European imaginary are definitely not a reflection of the realities of the Americas. And so I said, we need books for children in Spanish and in English that reflect the realities of who we are, right? And what we, what our children experience, but to make that, but I needed, I knew I needed to make that engaging and I needed to make it fun. So I used language and rhymes and, and prose in order to engage the children um, with good rhythm so that they are entered into these issues and they're interested in them. And they are also knowing that they, are not powerless.
That's the voice of Dr. Doctora Oriel Maria Su. She is a longtime professor, writer, thinker, mother, and now children's book writer. So it is wonderful to hear and see this beautiful book. Can you tell us about the lead, um, Rebeldita La Alegre, in El País de yeah. los Ojos? First off, translate that title for folks that are listening and want to get this because we have a lot of people who maybe their kids speak Spanish because they're in immersion or maybe, right. you know, they have loved ones who speak Spanish and they want to get this book for them, but maybe they don't necessarily speak Spanish. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, that's right. So Rebeldita La Alegre is, uh, we could say, little happy joy, no? Little rebel happy joy in the country of ogres or in ogre town. Um, the book is going to get translated in English. It just hasn't, but uh, we're still thinking of, of that uh, nomenclature, the names, the terms. Um, and Rebeldita is a little girl who was brought over as a baby. She was brought over from very, very far away. And her parents had to cross this huge, huge wall in order to get to this country that has been, that was um, robbed and that was occupied by ogres more than 520 years ago, okay? And so she's a little baby, so she cannot quite remember the day that she crossed, but she knows deep in her heart that this land is her land, right? And so, and that her neighbors are her neighbors, and so um, here she is, this little girl who lives in ogre land, and she's very happy, very joyous. She always finds cool, fun things to do with her friends. But one day she goes to school and she sees her, her best friend crying, right? And her best friend tells her, she asks her best friend, why is it that you are crying? And then the best friend, Florcita, tells her, well, uh, the ogres arrived to her house last night because these ogres enter the homes of children at night and they face away. No? And so Rebeldita says, that's it, no more. This has been going on for, for too long and I won't tell you more so that you can get the book and obtain a copy. Uh, but then the story unfolds on how it is that Rebeldita uh, gathers the children from the entire country and they plan on how to uh, do away with these ogres who are separating families and making them go through a lot of pain. Thank you. And that's the voice of Dr. Oriel Maria Su. She is a longtime thinker, writer, and activist and mother who has been filling this void with this beautiful book. So now that we've heard a little bit about the backstory and this beautiful character that you're right, you know, not only you can, it's something where you just see the front cover, you see the portada, and you can already see the joy that this little girl has just by, you know, just her face and, you know, her, her attitude in this beautiful cover. So why don't you pick a section and read to us so we can hear a little bit about of this rhythm and the beauty of this story because um, as we were discussing earlier the children's books are there's such an art and there's such there's so much magic to them because there's so many elements that are at play in some ways I mean you know we have, we're much less, uh, we require what we should require with all writing with children's book that every word is so important and every word is you know, very thoughtful. And so sometimes with our adult thick novels, we're maybe able to just stick in a couple of sentences that don't, aren't as relevant. But with these children's books, every single piece has its meaning. So why don't you pick a section to share with us um, and share with us her, the voice of this book? 
Acérquense niños, la historia aquí empieza y no es como otras que igual siempre comienzan. Había una vez de esas historias, no es esta. Érase una vez, tampoco de esas. En vez, esta historia de hoy mismo es que cuenta. La escucharás por ahí, es toditita bien cierta. Rebeldita la alegre, una niña ella es. Se ríe de todo y calladita no es. Le gusta decir lo que no le parece y estar de brazos cruzados nunca le acontece. Por veces inquieta, mas siempre traviesa. Ella es como vos, de gran inteligencia. Es bien preguntona, parla en china y curiosa. Habla dos idiomas y no es nada miedosa. Nació en un lugar no muy lejos de aquí. Detrás de un gran muro su raíz está ahí. Ese muro, por cierto, no siempre ahí ha estado. Lo construyeron los ogros que estas tierras usurparon. 500 años van desde el día en que invadieron e inventaron que podían de estas tierras ser los dueños. Los papás de rebeldita ese muro ellos cruzaron. Desplazados de sus tierras, más opciones no encontraron. Por desiertos y montañas, con sus pies despedazados, meses, días y caminos hacia el norte transitaron, muy valientes, muy cansados. Hasta que al país de los ogros, en busca de trabajo, al fin ellos llegaron. Rebeldita de aquel cruce, ella nada se recuerda, pues venía ella en brazos de su madre muy tierna. Mas desde aquel entonces, el país de los ogros es su hogar, su casa y su país también. Rebeldita la alegre hoy tiene muchos amigos, mas tiene un gran problema los ogros vecinos. Los ogros se encubren usando ropa muy bonita, cargan chuchos guardianes y usan telas muy finitas. Se visten como si fuesen personas importantes, usan lindos zapatos y corbatas gigantes. Vestidos así piensan que su maldad nadie ve, muy inteligentes no son, podrán ustedes entender. Los ogros quisieran solitos el país habitar, pues desde que estas tierras se robaron, no quieren que otros vivan con ellos en el mismo lugar. And that can be like the, um, the beginning of the introduction of the ogres and rebeldita. That is Dr. Oriel Maria Su. She is the author of Rebeldita la Alegre en el País de los Ogros. She just read a section from that. It was so beautiful to hear it, and it was really wonderful to have it come alive with your voice. So thank you so much for reading that. If you could summarize for folks that are tuning in and, you know, they're like, ah, I wish I spoke Spanish. I really need to learn because, you know, I'm living, I'm living in former Mexico. I'm living in a, 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 country, yeah, a land right. where I should be speaking, I should be speaking Spanish, but they don't, you know, it's okay. People don't speak Spanish. What could you summarize a little bit about what you read? So give them the story behind your beautiful words. Absolutely. Yes. So Rebeldita is this little girl who is brought to uh, the country of ogres at a very, very young age. Um, and uh, the beginning of the story is telling about how the parents got there and had to cross this big, huge wall. And then I introduce who Revalita is. She's a very happy girl. She only has one big problem, and that's the ogres that live in her town and in her country. And so um, I just read about how the ogres are always dressed with the most beautiful, shiny, clothes with big corbatas, ties, and suits, right? The, they think that dressing up like that, all really pretty and professional, that no one's going to notice that they're ugly, horrible people that steal parents at night. You see, they're not very smart, um, but um, that is how they dress, and they go around um, stealing um, the children's parents' 
uh, at night. And then that's as much as I will say. Uh, however, I do want to say something else, that we are translating the book into English, and so the English version should come out very soon. And I'm very happy about that. Oriel, can you tell us a little bit about the other language that is in this book, which is the beautiful, beautiful illustrations that were produced by uh, one of the most important muralists we have here, a beautiful muralist who also happens to be your sister, who is someone who a lot of people may even recognize her art because it is all over. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your sister, um, her background, and also the types of drawings, because it's difficult, but we're going to have to paint the picture with words. You know, how, mm -hmm. what are, what are the drawings like here in this beautiful book? Absolutely. Alicia Maria Su did a just a beautiful job bringing this character to life again, like I said. Um, she's been documenting the, um, the struggles of indigenous peoples uh, all throughout her adult life as a muralist in California, uh, northern Mexico. She has murals um, in um, Cuba, here in Honduras, different parts of Mexico, actually Chiapas as well, different parts of California. Um, and so what's beautiful about this is that we are, you know, she's able to transfer the metaphor of the ogres into paper. Uh, and to really show the, the fear that children feel, that face, right, upon their parents being taken away. And so she's utilizing colors to engage children in, a, in a, an issue that is political, uh, but she does it in a way that is um, digestible for children. And then colors start even getting a lot more brighter once the planning and the organizing begins on behalf of the children uh, and then she takes beauty she takes color and beauty to speak about the importance of struggle and the importance for children to not feel that they're alone right in fact to to help children understand that they are a lot more in numbers than there are ogres um, and so the colors start getting even brighter as the book develops and um, as it reaches its um, end, which is not really an end. So if you get to the end, you're going to see that this is only the beginning of a new story. Um, and, and that is what we hope to do, to be able to uh, continue taking Rebeldita into other worlds, uh, showing us and motivating and inspiring children uh, through different stories of what is occupied America. So I know that through your work as an educator and as a researcher, you've really made sure to cover so many of the important pieces of colonial and white supremacist history that really like to just, you know, put a just re reimagine history in this way that, mm -hmm. you know, paints the U.S. as this wonderful, liberated place where everyone has opportunities, et cetera. So mm -hmm. a lot of those themes are things that we all as adults, you know, 100 percent are excited to talk about and see the importance. But when it comes to children, um, mm -hmm. especially us as Latinos, a lot of us, our parents have endured really terrible traumas. And there's a lot of silence in our families and especially with kids. I remember, you know, no, no puedes escuchar esto or, you know, mm -hmm. ¿Qué pasó? ¿Por qué no vinimos aquí? Oh, mm -hmm. you know, you know, like this, this, there's a big culture of silencing that happens, particularly as a survival strategy. So this book yes. in many ways is the opposite of that. So tell us, you know, from your work as a professor, as a researcher and as a mother, why you chose to really talk about things that honestly a lot of people would rather, you know, close their eyes and say, ah, look, this is a really painful thing and it's real, but I don't know if I want my children to think about it. 
Yeah, you know what? Yeah, thanks for that question. I've been in the ethnic studies classroom for over 12 years in the United States, okay? And the more that time passed by, the more I just realized and came to the conclusion that uh, my job as an educator in the United States was to undo all the learning that had happened in the process of my students going through the K through 12, white and non-white, POC, students of color and white, right? So I encountered the problem of, you know, teaching uh, first year, second years, third years, even fourth years, uh, university students in the US at University of Puget Sound, at Loyola Marymount University where I taught last, you know, and they came into classrooms still, still reproducing the myth of discovery, for example, right? Still not knowing that we were on, we, we currently are on stolen occupied land, right? And so when you begin to say or to tell the history of the United States from the perspective of all those silences, from the, the space of what has been ignored and not said all throughout the K through 12 curriculum, the, the results of that are really beautiful because students begin to engage their, their surroundings in a, through different lenses. They begin to ask different kinds of questions that actually are going to take us into producing solutions, right, to the problems that abound us. No? Here I'm talking about racism. I'm talking about immigration issues. I'm talking about uh, brownness, blackness, indigenousness, right? What does it mean uh, for students to to enter into occupied America through the lens of knowing that, knowing the histories. And so the more I was in the ethnic studies classroom, the more I realized that my job, that, that I could do a lot, lot more if I started writing for children, right? Because it is there, it is the K through 12, it is in the kinder pre-K where we need to really start to bring up these issues. And one conversation I often had with my students was, well, students would say, well, don't you think it's too, you know, the, the, the history of the occupation of the Americas, the 100 million people that were massacred in the first 100 years of European colonization, you know, from 1492 to 1592, we were exterminated. Over 100 million people were exterminated during that, those first 100 years. And the question my students bring up um, often is, don't you think it's, it, you know, it's too much. Don't you think that's that's too much to for children to learn? And you know what? Uh, and and after having this conversation, we come to the conclusion. Well, you know what? Well, what does we're doing a big disservice by um, by having children grow up uh, blind, right? By having children grow up uh, with a myth, by having children growing up glorifying this story, this foundation story that the U.S. has that has nothing to do with its actual foundation. Um, and so I believe in bringing these topics and issues from, you know, from kinder and, and why not bringing it through the lens of empowerment, right, uh, where, we can, we, where we can say, yes, it, it is a horrible story of what happened, but this is, uh, there are things that we can do. And uh, we mustn't feel that that history uh, overpowers us. Um, on the contrary, let's use it. Let's get over the guilt. Let's let's get to action, right? And um, hopefully that's the one thing that I try to do with this book is uh, hopefully parents are able to utilize it uh, and begin these kinds of discussions with their children at home. Um, and that's one thing that I intend to do, that we intend to do with this book. With Rebeldita La Alegre en el País de los Ogros, soon to be also published in English. 
Thank you so much, Dr. Oriel Maria Sue. It's so wonderful to hear your voice on this very important book. And it's also just a beautiful book. And it does, I think what's so important is that it leaves you so much hope in the future. So even though it's a children's book, the, mm -hmm. the part that is so important to remember is that it, the moral of it is really that we have so much power and that we can create change. So yeah, thank I, you, am so I really thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, thank you so much. Uh, the book is still available. Uh, people can go to the Isote Press. That's I-Z-O-T-E Press, P-R-E-S-S dot -S com and obtain their copy. Or they can also go to my website, which is Oriel, O-R-I-E-L, Maria, M-A-R-I-A-C-U-S-I-U.com to read more about the book, Rebelita, um, and how she is here to inspire, transform, and motivate a generation of children, I'm hoping. Thank you. I really, I just want to say thank you to you, to your listeners uh, for supporting literature, for supporting these conversations, and uh, for support, supporting more representation in children's books in the United States. Oriel, one last time, please give us the publisher's information so people can write it down. Yeah, so this was published by Isote Press, which has been alive since 2005. It's the, the first and still only press that publishes and supports cent U.S. Central American writers. And the book is available at their website at I-Z-O-T-E press.com or um, through my website which is Oriel O-R-I-E-L Maria M-A-R-I-A Muchísimas gracias por este libro and for your energy and for your dedication to these issues and we look forward to having you on again once it's available in um, a bilingual format so we look forward to hearing more about uh, that the next adaptation the next printing of the book so muchísimas gracias Gracias. Thank you so much, Julieta. You're beautiful, wonderful. Thank you so much. And I wish, wish you much success in your uh, radio endeavors. Thank you for this space. It's crucial and you're awesome. Thank you. La buena María con la brigada es duro puchipari La fiesta aquí no para, esto parece un safari Y para abajo, para abajo, para abajo Y para arriba, para arriba, para arriba Y para abajo, para abajo, para abajo Y para arriba, para arriba, para arriba Vámonos todos en paz
hace desmadre Vamos a darte con la cumbia hasta la madre Con la brigada sacudan hasta noche Sabroso como que salía fui la coche Y para abajo, para abajo, para abajo Y para arriba, para arriba, para arriba Y para abajo, para abajo, para abajo Y para arriba, para arriba, para arriba Suena el retón de la tierra La vida es una sola para que vivir en guerra Sana lo que aterra, cuenta lo que te alegra Y baila su del tiempo que siempre se desintegra Disfruta del momento, retrátalo en tu mente Sonríe, un instante es el presente Goza, también cuida el medio ambiente Grita, equilibra tu mente Siente, esta vibra diferente Movimiento de energía, elevando tu consciente Concienta tu consciente, con sentido se alimente Se despierte fuertemente, no invitente Se inerte, que siente de lo fuerte Como parte del amor, somos ese universo Somos nuestros propios dos, de corazón Hi, this is Greg Landau here for La Raza Chronicles. And today we're going to begin some features about local Bay Area musicians. And we're going to start looking at Marco Diaz, who's a local trumpet player, piano player, arranger, educator, who's worked with many of the local top bands. So Marco, tell us how you got started in music in the Bay Area. I began studying music in the fourth grade at E.R. Taylor in San Francisco. They had the uh, music program where all fourth and fifth grade students could choose a musical instrument to study. And once a week, you would have a, a lesson with the music teacher. I took my first private music lesson at the Community Music Center, which is, uh, which is still there today on Cap Street. And I was awarded a music scholarship for both trumpet and piano. My musical influences are all over the map. Dixieland music. I was really into Dixieland music. And uh, I would love to listen to Louis Armstrong, the early styles of jazz. Another big influence in my early years were the sounds of New York salsa. Um, my uncle was a collector of LPs. And he had Celia Cruz, Willie Colon, Monquito, pretty much the whole Fania cast in his collection. And when I would go visit him, he would have something playing that just always caught my attention. And uh, I remember listening to the horn section and I was like, wow, that's awesome. I would love to learn how to play that.
we just heard Son Moderno by Marco Diaz from one of his solo CDs. And Marco, can you tell us some of the groups that you work with in the Bay Area? It is my privilege and honor to work with many great artists here in the Bay Area. I happen to be the musical director for Bobby Cespedes and her ensemble. I work with uh, John Santos' Sextet. I work with uh, Cascada de Flores. I work with Edgardo Cambon and his uh, different groupings of, uh, he has a big band, and, uh, the title, the, the name of the band is Candela, also his smaller group, uh, Latido. I also work with, uh, this is my third year working with the San Francisco Jazz Organization as a, uh, as a teaching artist, and that's been a great, great privilege for me to bring music education to kids in Oakland and uh, it's a wonderful experience and I can't tell you how much I learned from teaching these young musicians and also working alongside some great educators in the Oakland Unified School District.
That was Marco Diaz with Paseos Brasileiros. So, Marco, can you tell us a little bit about your experience here in the Bay Area music scene? Uh, born and raised here in San Francisco and uh, went to college here in, uh, in San Francisco. And I never really uh, left to go to go to another town. So I can't really do that comparison. However, I can tell you that the Bay Area has many scenes happening. Growing up, I was exposed to the reggae scene, the R&B scene, hip-hop scene, the um, gospel scene. And I've, I've done a little bit of everything, and I'm always open to learn because that's something that I take pride in. I, I, I want to continue to learn and really uh, see how I can immerse myself in a different style of music. It takes a lot of work, a lot of discipline, but that's something that I really enjoy doing.
Again, that was Marco Diaz with Salas, one of his compositions. And Marco, can you tell us some of your upcoming projects and ongoing projects here in the Bay Area? My current projects include uh, my second album, Marco Diaz Quartet, Insight. I released last July. So that's my current project. I'm also uh, part of the John Santo Sextet CD that just is going to be released in July of this year or August, I believe. And it's part of the Smithsonian, the record label, the record label. So we were commissioned by the Yerba Buena Gardens. They commissioned everyone in the John Santo Sextet to write a, uh, write a composition. So we we're very happy about that. It's the art of the descarga. So that was Los Tamalitos de Olga, interpreted by Marco Diaz on piano and trumpet. And we want to thank Marco for being here with us. And again, this is the beginning of a series that focuses on the accomplishments of local musicians and trying to keep pace with what they're doing and what they're up to. So this is Greg Landau again on La Raza Chronicles. Thanks.
You've been listening to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. If you'd like to stay up on our news, like us on Facebook at La Raza Chronicles on Facebook. If you want to hear this program or share it with a friend, you can go to soundcloud.com slash La Raza Chronicles and share it. If you have any ideas for interviews we should be doing or would like to get involved with our collective, you can email us at La Raza Chronicles at kpfa.org. Muchísimas gracias y buenas noches.